Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Hello, Eric. Hey, man, it's good to feel good, right? It is. It is. You know, we it, we go with the winds. Whichever which, which way they blow is how we <laughs> tend to feel. And there's a good, strong breeze right now. Uh, and who's your nation? How, how, do you, how do you feel about this new piece? Well, one, I'm happy that you are getting over your bout of COVID. Yeah. Yeah, me too. So, so that's good. Although you did just tell me that you might have a covid cold on top of the covid it's very confusing i thought my covid was just like a cold and now i'm testing negative and i still am congested so i don't know how this all works but yeah now now uh of the four family members who have it only one is currently oh yeah i didn't tell you we all got it the ladies tested positive they did they did but but annie got on the antiviral drugs knocked it out in a couple of days, despite having a terrible metallic taste in her mouth. That's the key. That's, that's the one that everybody says it happens. Yep. Um, but yeah, now, so it's now only our daughter, Bo, who is, you know, look, these kids were just on spring break. They're not complaining. They're, they don't feel that bad, but they're not going to school. So I get uh, that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I don't want to make too big of a deal about this. Okay. But I, in January of 2021, mm-hmm. which was within the first year of COVID, when things were really popping off, sure, I went to Tampa, Florida to watch Indiana play in the bowl game. I returned. Mm-hmm. Later that year, I attended multiple Indiana University games whenever that was available. I have been done multiple productions around multiple groups of people. I have shake, shook hands with thousands of people and probably licked my hand after many of those. Sure. I have never had COVID. Now, look, I'm not saying that I have the perfect immune system, but someone does. <laughs> and I- who knows? I I just also know how many conversations we've had where you said, I don't know, but I'm not going to test. <laughs> I, 
I don't know. I don't want to know. So, and and considering fair, considering how mild my symptoms are, both times I got it. I'm just saying you might have had it on the down low. Okay, but because of what I do for a living, I've had to test fairly regularly for almost three years now. Fair and no positive test. I'm just saying, hey, science, if you want to study something pretty great, come on over to Casa de Penkowski. Well, and it will approve, it will uh, prove, I should say, that one's the, the strength of one's immune system has nothing to do with nutrition. Correct. Well, yes. <laughs> I, if, if, <laughs> I am pure proof of that. I mean, pure proof. Nor does it have to do with being in good shape. Like, I mean, I'm just... Or, I'm, or maybe the key to not getting COVID, eight cigars a day. Hey. Hmm? That could be it. You know, Ward, cigars help fuel me in the same way that a certain entity does what to us? Powers us by? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, God, I couldn't land the plane. I could (laughs) not land the plane. I thought I had a parallel situation going on and could get to cigars power me just like we are and i should have done that there it was yeah yeah but i didn't want to say power me but i should have said cigars fuel me just like we are powered by Are you going to put it in again? No, just once. <laughs> Which one are you going to do it in? Which would you like? I don't know. I don't care. I'll do the second one. All right, listen. Let's talk about, before we get to the big Indiana men's basketball news, let's talk about the other really exciting thing that happened Shouldn't we talk about community cars for like a second? Last week, I said, don't be a jackass. Go buy your car at community cars. (laughs) And I got to tell you, I feel like that sums it all up. But yes, we should talk about community cars. Who pays for this? (laughs) They're great. I love them. They love the community. That's why they call themselves community cars. If you want to buy a car, they're in the community in Bloomington, in southern Indiana. If you want to buy it from El Paso, Texas. If you want to buy it from Boise, Idaho. If you want to buy it from wherever you are in the United States, all 50 of them. What about Puerto Rico? Do we know about Puerto Rico? Oh, my God. More research. Daryl? Yeah? We got to check on community cars. Do they deliver to Puerto Rico? Where's that? South. I'm on it, bro. Thanks, Daryl. Boy, the Daryl bit just gets better and better each time. (laughs) It's just so much comedy comes from it. So (sighs) much. Bob and Tom eat your heart out. Yeah. Um, I mean, really just one of the great regular bits in podcast history. Um, So look, we love community cars. Any way you want to buy the car, they'll take care of you. Communitycars.com. Now, let's talk about something that happened last night 
in the world of IU women's basketball, which was super, super amazing, which is, of course, that the GOAT, Grace Berger in IU women's basketball, became the first first-round draft pick in the history of Indiana basketball to be picked in the WNBA. Correct. And she went number seven to the Indiana Fever. It's like a dream. It's like a dream. A fever dream? A fever dream. That's right. That is right. I mean, the feel-good story is still being written. Obviously, you know, we're all so sad to see her go, excited to see what her future might hold. But I, you know, I didn't look at WNBA mock drafts. I didn't know that Lynn Dunn was a big wig there with the fever. So oh, I didn't yeah. realize. She's the GM. Yeah, that there would be a very uh, close eye on Miss Berger. And then to see Coach Morin's reaction when her name was announced. I get goosebumps talking about it right now. It was beautiful. I couldn't agree more. That visceral shout that she just let out, like this primal roar, was so cool. I do want to know... Did they not have enough seats for everybody? <laughs> I just assumed she was so jacked she was up on her feet. But there were a lot of people on their feet in that back area. I don't understand, like, did they run out of chairs? But seeing that and hearing her do that, uh, go to Twitter, look for that video. It is remarkable. It just shows the connection that she had to Grace and the outpouring of love from her teammates at Indiana on Twitter and social media and from Indiana for her and getting that achievement of being drafted seventh. It's just beautiful, man. It is just um, life affirming. It really is. And, and I love that we get to follow her. I've never followed the WNBA before. I will follow Grace Berger. I will follow her extremely closely. Well, and look, there was a lot of controversy when it came to the championship game in women's basketball, but there can be no doubt that the profile of women's college basketball was never greater than this season. We were all so consumed with our Lady Hoosiers and how, you know, incredible the Big Ten really was. Obviously, that season ended sooner than we would like, but that it wasn't just us in our Big Ten echo chamber and particularly in Bloomington being so hyped about our our first number one seed ever. Uh, it was really a national thing. And now it'll be interesting to see how that continues potentially into next season for college. Will this start to help the WNBA even get a higher profile than it already has? And there can be no doubt with so many new fans coming to the women's game through the Indiana Hoosiers this season within the state, within the IU fan base, there's going to be so many like you and me who are now going to be at least checking the box scores on the fever. I'm not sure how many games we're going to be able to get out here. I'm sure there's some package where you can see them all, but look, and there's a, you know, a franchise, what they got the number one overall pick, the, the young lady from South Carolina and it, it's, Boston. Yeah. it's probably a really good time to get in on the fever train because this was a team that, that needed to rebuild and what an incredible start with, with those two incredible players. Yeah. It's just so great. It's great for Indiana women's basketball and great for grace. And we have gotten to know grace a little bit over the last few years and she's wonderful. She's just 
perfect. She is the perfect representative of Indiana women's basketball. All right. So before we get to our guest, we should get into Indiana men's basketball. And we do that by having you. Oh, by having you tell people that we are brought to you by. IU Ventures presents a segment without pretense. Who's your hoopla just for you? <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. We're I, brought I, to you by IUVentures.com. What would you think of that? You like that presentation? I not only laugh when you do it in real time, but also when I'm editing. Because <laughs> it's one of the points of the show that I always have to find and cut on. Gets me every time. Well, that's good. You're the one. <laughs> um, IUVentures.com. We've been talking about them for the past like five months now, and they are an incredible part of Indiana University. They are the only part of Indiana University that actively writes checks to businesses and entrepreneurs that uh, that are from Indiana and are from Indiana DNA, whether it be students, faculty, staff, or alumni. IU Ventures writes checks to help them seed their businesses. And they also provide a platform for angel investors, people like you and me. You got a little scratch, a little Skrilla, a little dinero, a little- a little Cheddar. A little cheddar, a little cheese, a little- Dough. You got some shekels? Some pennies, some dimes, some nickels. Some pesos? Some lira. Pounds? Euros. Yen? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> You got any of that lying around, just burning a hole in your pocket, and you want to invest and invest in something connected to Indiana University, this is the place to go. Go to iuventures.com, iuventures.com. Sign up for their free email newsletter to keep you informed on all of the businesses that you can invest in, to keep in, in touch and up to speed with all the businesses that they are funding. You mentioned IU Ventures is the only part of Indiana University that actual actually cuts checks like they do for us so listen seriously the deal's about to be up guys get signed up for iuventures.com get involved tell them that hysteric sent you we want to keep this partnership going but we got to show something for it so get to the website you know what speaking of checks and speaking of money yeah. i do want to mention one thing before we talk about the major story and that is what happened on pigs.com this week what I mean, or I so say many last week into the weekend. Yeah, so many things happened, and we'll get into those. But what you're referring to was a beautiful thing. So organically on Thursday, a IU fan who's on Pigs.com, and if you're not subscribing, you are not a true Indiana fan. Uh, it's where you go to get up to speed, up to date, real time info on everything happening. People who aren't Peegs Premium men members also don't shop at Community Cars. Same kind of person. Same kind of person. And they don't sign up for the iuventures.com newsletter. Not iuhoosiers.com. Something different, <laughs> and they're not paying for it. Um, so someone posted a message on the message board that basically said, hey, let's do a Peegs portal push for NIL. And they said, yeah, look, we're in the portal. We know that NIL is important in, in the transfer portal and for our continued success. Let's see what we can do here. And that day, just organically, raised about six to $7,000. Crazy. Then somebody the next day kept it going and said, you know what? I'll match up to $5,000 of any Peegs 
contributions from now through Easter Sunday midnight, and I'll throw an extra K on top of that to make it 6K. We blew through that number and raised in just like 72 hours, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we raised $11,800, something like that. He put his six on top of that, plus the six from the day before. It's over $22,000 from just really Peegs members on the premium board. It is. It was unbelievable to watch. We are so grateful and so thankful to every single person. And people gave between $10 and $1,000. And we are just overly moved and humbled by it. And heartened because we all knew going into this, we had to play catch up. We had to come up with our own way to catch up with those programs that have been paying players for a long time before NIL came around. And when you go to Las Vegas and see us in, you know, 10,000 deep rolling, obviously around Bloomington, New York, wherever you want to go, you know that this fan base is big, it's vocal, it's supportive, and it's like, that's how we're going to catch these guys. Yes, we have to have some serious fat cats step in with big old, big old checks to keep up. But I think the way that we can even surpass those other programs is not only having this grassroots collective. I can't imagine, not that I go looking around, but I can't imagine any other fan base has a group of people like this who will just spontaneously start giving thousands of dollars in a couple, three days because one person said, hey, let's do this. Um, and and I, I think it just speaks so much more to the passion, even than the, the purchasing power, if you will, of our fan base. And, you know, look, we've been kicked a lot over the last few decades and that there's this kind of love and dedication. It just heartens me to be like, man, we are not going anywhere. We aren't going anywhere. Thanks to Indiana University Hoosier fans. And thanks to a huge commitment, the big fish in the transfer portal, I will refer to him as Kal-El, otherwise known as Superman, Kal-El Ware, who committed to Indiana University on Monday afternoon, a whirlwind sprint of a recruitment from the time that his name went into the portal to the time Indiana got him to visit to the commitment was so much better than following a high school recruitment. I mean, it's just so much better. It's like you're packing two years worth of fretting and hoping and wondering and fighting and debating into like 72 hours, 96, whatever it had ended up being before it became clear, you know, I guess when he canceled his other visit that, I mean, look, and, and only pigsters are going to get this. Like now salamanders and salamander gifts are forever a part of our community. And it it really just speaks one, most of us have way too much time on our hands, way, way, way too much time on our hands. But when you pack it in like that, it creates such an energy and excitement that you never would expect, you know, what, a week after the championship game that we weren't in? was like, this is such a fun new thing. And I've not watched a single game that Kal-El Superman Ware has ever played in. I've watched highlight reels. 
and he's clearly the best player in the country, yep. and we are clearly going to go to the Final Four because he's coming to town. It's just, I, I don't even want to get into, like, breaking down his game. I have no clue, except that he's seven feet tall and can apparently do everything on the basketball court. So, welcome to Bloomington. Cannot wait for him to be here. We'll leave the overanalyzing of his game to other people. Go go read Trevor Andershock's article. Go read what Rabby has to say. A couple national guys when he entered the portal, uh, 247, they got you covered. Um, and then I, I tried to and watch. And we a, ain't done yet. And well, we ain't done. And we ain't done. But I'll tell you. I tried to watch one of his games at Oregon, but seeing the floor, I got a migraine instantly, and I had to turn it off. By the way, people want to know why his stats weren't better. That's why. That floor fills me not only with pain and blurry vision, but hatred. Rage. Pure rage for Oregon and everything they stand for, except thank you for giving us Kal-El Superman wear. You get the Kal-El reference, right? I do, of course, yes. Okay, good. I didn't want you, because you hadn't responded to it. I thought that maybe you just thought that I was pronouncing his name differently and you were just going to go with it. No, no. I still haven't heard him say it himself, <laughs> so I'm always hesitant to try to pronounce a name. And, of course, with growing up on Superman... And and look, that that was out there. The the Superman yeah. jokes are out there, and I think they should remain. And I believe he will live up to those. But I'm always hesitant. Like I think it's it's disrespectful if I pronounce somebody's name wrong. So I'm I wait to hear them say it, then I repeat it to myself out loud like ten times before I go public with it. Fair enough. Chris Ledlam, Harvard guy in the transfer portal, visiting Tennessee this weekend. Might visit. Looks like he is going to visit St. John's. That's the next guy that we are hard after and really want. This guy, Dalton Connect from Northern Colorado, trying to secure a visit for him. Still working on that one. Not set yet. But transfer portal season is so exciting. So why not bring on someone who is in the thick of it and chiefly responsible, and he won't like me saying that because he's such a team guy, for getting us Cal where. Why don't we get to our guest? Turns out we got two great dudes from Oregon. Here comes our guest. Here comes our guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, oh yes, our guest today, he is here. He is absolutely, without question, one of our three favorite assistant coaches on planet Earth. <laughs> no, no, I'll just say it. Today, he's number one. It's today. true. I think he's I number think one if, today. If there was a poll today, he would be number one across all of Hoosier Nation. Eric, <laughs> who is this gentleman specifically? Hailing from Atlanta, Georgia, and representing Douglas High School. That's right, going way back. This yeah. gentleman has a bachelor's in sociology from the University of Oregon, <laughs> where he also completed a calculus class. He has been an assistant coach. He has been an assistant coach at many. He's been a player in Division One college basketball. He's also been a coach at places like Oregon, at places like Alabama. And of course, George, you gotta say George. You gotta. Do those I have to? Do I have yeah. to? Yeah, all right, Georgia. I didn't know they played basketball in Georgia. Just a little uh, bit, every once in a while. All right. Well, I know. I know some high school players play down there. Oh yeah, um, that's a few. He is currently associate head coach of Indiana University, and dare I say, he damn well earned that title in the last <laughs> week or so on the recruiting trail. Because let's just lay it out. 
He cannot talk specifically about this gentleman yet because the paperwork is not in, but we can. He is <laughs> responsible primarily, even though he'll tell you it's a team effort. He is the guy that was the lead on getting Kal-El. We call him Kal-El, Superman, where to come from Oregon to Indiana. But he's somebody we've gotten to know very well over the last couple of years, and we love the guy. Please welcome Coach Yah. <laughs> What's up, guys? How you doing? Coach, Coach it's good, good to see you smiling. Yeah, I mean, I can't lie to you, man. This portal has it's been a lot, but we got something to smile about today. And hopefully in the next couple of days, a couple, or about a week or so, we have some more to smile about and then some more to smile about, hopefully. All right, so let, let's just get into, obviously, we cannot talk specifically about Kalel. Oh, you can do this. Give me a thumbs up if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Kalel? Down? Thumbs down? <laughs> See, that's why I don't say I told him I wasn't going to say it publicly until I Kel heard him say it. Kalel? Kalel? Khalil? Khalil. So my son's, my son's name is Jaleel. Khalil. Khalil where? Okay, very good. That was smart. Yeah, that was super, <laughs> super smart. Guy's been around. All right, so I just want to get into um, – let's talk about the transfer portal a little bit. Yeah, okay. This is your third recruiting season basically at Indiana. I yes. mean, your first one was a little weird because you had yeah. just been hired. Yeah. But it's the third transfer portal, and it is the transfer portal on steroids. It, it is, is fully realized. Um, you have the COVID year still in effect for many kids. Yeah. You have – the one-year transfer um, rule in effect. Yeah. Um, how different is it this year? And did it surprise you how it exploded immediately? Um, I think it's different uh, this year than it is than it was last year because of NIL. You know, NIL really wasn't there. You know, last last recruiting cycle, it really wasn't there. So, at the end of the day, I think now that you know, you have these guys. There, there are guys in the portal that's looking for money. So they're just straight looking for money. They don't care about winning. They don't care about any of that stuff. They're just looking for money. And obviously, you have to sift through all those things to kind of find out. You know, obviously, you know, with NIL, it's a part of it. So you got to participate in it. And you got to let these guys know that, you know, we do very well at NIL. But that can't be the primary reason why you're trying to come to Indiana. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, like everybody else is trying to hang a banner. And you got to have the right type of people to be able to hang about. You know, you can't just have people searching for money. I mean, it's not the NBA. I mean, it's kind of turning into the NBA a little bit, but at least the NBA have guidelines and they also have a salary cap. Right. Like some of these numbers out here is not salary cap numbers for some of the guys, you know, for for actually their ability. Put right. it that way. So um, I think that's what made it different. The NIL, um, obviously, there's a lot of kids that go in to the portal. Um, there are a lot of guys that go from mid-major, but I think this year you've seen a lot of guys go from high major to high major and very bluntly have come out and said, you know, looking for NIL dollars. So I think that's what's scary about it. But, I mean, it's a necessary evil, and if you're going to be in coaching, you got to deal with it. So it is what it is. I wonder from just the logistics organization standpoint, like you guys are so ensconced in, in tournament play and just trying to make the most of the season at hand. And we all know, oh, you can't really talk or communicate, but yet you have to be ready 
the, the, the season's over, the gunshot is fired, and it's go. So I wonder in something like, hey, you guys aren't really interested in somebody just looking for a paycheck. You know you got to have a, a winning mentality coming in. Yeah. How, do you, how do you sift through that in, a, in an efficient manner to be able to just hone in on the guys you really want because you know other teams want them too? You try to use relationships. You know, you've been in this business. I mean, King has been in 25, I think. I think I'm, I'm at about 20, 21. Walsh is obviously fairly new, but at the same time, you just try to rely on relationships. I mean, obviously, you have to cold call on some guys because you may not have anybody that's connected to the person. Um, I think a lot of these guys now have agents, um, so you got to get involved with agents. It's just a lot of variables that you have to be involved in now to – to just, you know, just, <laughs> I guess, dissect it and kind of yeah. figure out who's the best, who could fit. How do you get to know someone when you're only talking to them for like a month and then you're trying to get them to commit? You know, usually when you're, when you're recruiting a high school kid, you're recruiting them from probably their sophomore year all the way to their senior year. You know, right. some of them a little bit less, but you usually are putting in a year of work, getting to know the people around them, getting to know their mom, dad, families, AU coaches, uncles, girlfriends, you know, right now it's speed day. Speed day. And you have to gather as much information as you can from as many people as you can and kind of find out about the kid. Do they fit? Have they done anything in the past? Um, you know, why are they leaving? So all those things, man, are just, you know, become factors now with this portal. Um, and that's kind of how we, I mean, even when we were playing, man, I hate to say it, you know, if it wasn't your scout, you need to be scouring the portal and kind of figuring out. I mean, yeah. we were trying to, you know, identify guys even when we were playing because that's it's really not fair that they open up the portal when people are in the tournament. But it's like, come on, bro, can you just can you just wait? But I agree. Again, it's a necessary evil. Evil. You can either complain about it and lose, or hey, it is what it is, and try to go get you some players and try to figure out how to you know construct your roster. So I, I want to talk about that and back up just a second before we're, you know, using relationships to find out if this guy is the right fit. Is there a meeting that happens at the end of the season? The season ended last year, obviously a little earlier than any of us wanted it to. Yeah. Um, but Hey, our first round of 64 win in many years at Indiana, a nice incremental step uh, increase from the year before where we made the tournament for the first time in six years. But do you guys get together and go, okay, we pretty much know Trace is gone. We know Jalen's gone. You know, we have a sense of who's going to leave, and we have a sense of where the holes are. Do you sit around and go, okay, we need to attack. We need a five. That's our first priority. We need a shooting yeah. guard. For, like, how did that work? How did that strategy kind of get Obviously, started? meetings, several meetings throughout the year. You know what I mean? Talking about the next year, uh, what could happen, what could not happen. What if this person leave? What if that person leave? You're really all the time looking at all five positions, you know, because just with the state of college basketball, any guy could leave. Mm, right. I mean, you know, Hunter Dickinson left Michigan. Crazy. I mean, he was the leading scorer. They went to the Elite Eight, I think his first year, went to the Sweet 16, the second year, last year. Won the Big Ten. Yeah, won the Big Ten. Obviously, they struggled last year, but then he leaves, you know. So you Good never – yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm glad I ain't got a coach against the guy. He good. Um, but, you know, you obviously are just – you're just trying to prepare now for any deflection. 
Like it doesn't uh, matter. So, and that's, so and that's it's really, it's not even like strategy. It's just, you know, when the portal opens, we've got to get in on almost everybody. Like, yeah. I think though, like you knew you had Malik, right? You felt pretty yes. good. You had Malik. Felt pretty good about it. But guess what? You never know. I mean, if you, if you were with uh, us at the final four, obviously you go to the coaches conventions and everything you are on like most, most um, coaches are walking on eggshells because they have no idea wow. what's happened to their roster. None of them. And the mid-major coaches, especially they're just, they're terrified. Mm. So you're, you really don't know. Yeah. Obviously Malik, you know, he told us early coming back and ready to come back and all those things, but you never know who are in these kids ear and trying to get them to be enticed by something that they may have heard. You know, a lot of this stuff is hearsay. A lot of the money that you're hearing is hearsay anyway. You know what I mean? Like, I think our NIL program is great. Thanks to you guys. I'm not sure if I can, you know, talk about it. But um, but, at the, that. Time, but at the same time, you know, we have, we have a good NIL program. So, you know, you hear a lot of things out there, and some of it is not true. So you never know what someone is telling one of the guys on your team. So it's just – it's a lot, man. It's a I lot. Do, I do wonder about that because by all reports, we do have a very robust NIL program here at IU. But, you know, you can't sit there and tell these players, yeah, come here and you're going to make this much, you're going to make that much. In terms of them sort of understanding what the potential at IU is, how much are you just kind of hoping – the players who have benefited from that already. And we've heard that Trace and Jalen have been great recruiters for the program that they're yeah. fondly leaving. Do you just kind of hope those guys step in and give those guys real information that they can walk away with? Well, and then we do a good job with our Zooms. You know, we obviously when you get a kid and, and you get them on a Zoom and if you can get them to campus, um, Becky does a great job of explaining our and, and every time I mean, every single time that someone has left our NIL part of our um, presentation, they've been blown away. Mm. So, you know, she she does a great job of explaining it. She does a great job of, of, of you know, telling them where the, where the, where it comes from, how you get it, the people that's involved in it. So she's she's done a really good job when it comes to that. So is it, is it a little Millie Vanilli situation when it comes to our NIL? Do they use two different faces for Hoosier Hysterics NIL Collective? And then when they get here, they realize it's us, but you already got them. Do you guys, do you have some, some models <laughs> no, sitting in the no, presentation? We got, we got y'all faces on that light. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but I want to, I want to talk uh, about, that, that's great. And I've heard that the presentation is really robust and really powerful. Let's talk about Xavier. Um, yeah. So you're talking about you got a plan for every eventuality, right? And every yeah. scenario. Well, that's a tough one because you're submitting a waiver request. We have no idea if it's going to be approved. I get it that people are cautiously optimistic, but you don't know. It's out of our control. Mm -hmm but you can't possibly go to a point guard that's in the portal right now and recruit them in earnest. Can you, and, and compete against other people? I think you just gotta be honest. I mean, Jalen came here last year with, with, with X being the primary point guard, you know, at the end of the day, he came and obviously it worked out for him. I mean, obviously, you know, Xavier did get hurt, but at the end of the, end of the day, they played together in the beginning. 
actually won some big games in the beginning. Some are yeah. Unde- undefeated when they both yes. played together. You know, so um, at the end of the day, you just – it's the style of play. You know, obviously, you know, style of play plays a big part in it, um, which our style of play is probably going to have to be a lot different now that 20 and 10 just walked out the door. But at the same time, <laughs> we were able to – we're able to explain to people like what we're able to do for guys in that position, you know, because, you know, we can play two point guards and we played two point guards together and they obviously played well off each other, but, and then Jalen just, you know, he actually just took off after X, you know. But, can, but let me ask you a question about that. Yeah. Cause there's so much conversation about style of play mm-hmm. from fans, from people looking at, you know, who's winning in the tournament to recruits. I mean, you know, there's no secret that there are some recruits and the people around them that won't even go to a conference if they think that the style of play isn't conducive. Yeah, we get hit a lot. The big team yeah. gets hit a lot. We get hit a lot in recruiting. I mean, it's, okay. it's, it's so, probably – I've been in three conferences now, and the big team gets hit a lot. Fairly or unfairly? Uh, I think it's a bit unfair. Obviously, you know, because I used to hit it, too, when I was in another <laughs> I think this is a very, very good league. I think there's very good coaching in this league. Um, obviously, they they have been big, good, big guys in this league over the, over the years. But if you really look at it and if you really break it down, um, there's been some really good pros come out of this league, too. You know, there have, but when you look at the numbers, yeah, you're right. There have been some really good pros, but not the same numbers that come out of the SEC and that come no. out of the Big Twelve. No, Why? but you got You, but you also got to count Kentucky. Like, come on, man. Like they okay, take Kentucky out, Big Twelve. Well, well and you got to count for who? Kansas. Okay, but you're you're you can't just start removing all the best teams. No, I'm not saying that, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that you remove those. I'm not I'm not removing those teams. But if you look, if you count it, most of the pros are coming from one. Okay, school. Pac-12. You know I mean? Pac-12 has more pros than the Big Ten. Uh, right now they do. Right now they so do. So what? What we've got good coaches. Is it as simple as that we don't attract the top talent because the refereeing sucks and allows people to beat the shit out of each other? I mean, is that – I know I'm being, like, totally blunt and you can't go that blunt, but how far off am – there's got to be a reason, yeah, that the conference isn't attracting the top-end talent that the other conferences and those schools that you mentioned are. So why? Yeah. Uh, I think there's some other factors that cold, were – Cold that weather? Was, uh, cold weather could be a part of, but I think there were some other factors before that cheating. probably, I wouldn't say everybody don't cheat. <laughs> everybody doesn't. That, but, but when you say other factors, that's what you, yeah, but we didn't, look, everybody can cheat. We can say that, but there are schools that cheat more egregiously than others. And truthfully, most schools in the big 10 didn't do it as egregiously as SEC schools or even some PAC 12 schools or even some. What ACC? conferences? What conferences? Gonzaga in? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but 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 that's a fair state. I mean, that's a fair thing to uh, analyze, and and I get yeah. that. Um, but NIL should le- level the table on that, shouldn't it? No. Really. <laughs> yeah, because you're I mean, talking we about to, we just we have to continue to get more pros. I right. think that's what attract kids. You know what I'm saying? Your style of play attract kids. You know, there's not. A lot like the style of play in the Big Ten is just different. You have guys that don't play up and down. There's a lot of teams in the SEC that play up and down. There's a lot of teams in the Pac-12 that play open and up and down. In in the Big Ten, if you're trying to win, you got to have a big or two. 
you know, now I think the conference is shifting away from it. If you kind of watch a little bit of it, you know, I think the one team, and I hate to say this, the one team that has always kind of been more athletic than everybody has been Michigan State. And I think that's why they kind of do well in the tournament. You know, I've, and, I, yeah, and they this have more pros. And this is something that I've watched even when I was coaching at Oregon. So this was that long ago. I've always watched Coach Izzo's teams because he's always had athletic wings. He's always been athletic. He's always, for the most part, been the most athletic team in the um, in the Big Ten. And I think that's why he usually has success in the tournament. Well, but it's I think also you, draw too. But you you got to get lucky too. You got to get. Could also look. You could also look at what Beeline did, right? And he had some more athleticism on the wings, but it was also style of play. And not he only did he, he fare, right. <laughs> and they fared well not only in the conference, but I mean, he was getting further in the tournament more often than Izzo was. So, yeah. it, but it, but to to that point about the pros, I mean, you think about Tim Hardaway Jr., right? Glenn Robinson Jr., um, the point guard Trey Burke, yeah. um, you know Zach Irvin. Mm-hmm. Like they they had a bunch of guys that were pro, and even the guys players. that he left over. Uh, yes. the one he had the uh, what was his name? France, 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 and Jordan Poole. Right, Jordan. No, Jordan Poole wasn't with. Um, Where was, was Jordan he? Poole with, he wasn't with Juwan, but he was a pro. He was with uh, Michigan, though. He was with Beeline. Beeline. Yep. Oh, you're Beeline. saying he wasn't one that was left? Yeah. yeah. The, the those brothers, right? The the yeah. the German guys or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. No, and they're that. That's a good point. So, do you feel like Indiana? You know, at Indiana as fans, we don't like to think we're trying to emulate anybody, right? We try to think that we are setting the standard, of course. but. We haven't been the standard for 25 years. Mm-hmm. And do you think that that the the shift that you and Kenya and Woody and, you know, led by Woody and, and Brian Walsh, do you feel like we are on that path? Or are we getting there as fast as you thought we would or what? I actually think we're getting there too fast because <laughs> now we went to the tournament back to back and it's like, okay, well, you better make it to the tournament again. Because usually when you come in, it's kind of, you know, you kind of got to build it. But we, you know, we were left some good pieces. And um, I mean, we trying to reload, not rebuild. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. I mean, we want to keep going to the tournament. We want to advance in the tournament. We want to make it to a final four. I mean, we're not sitting up here trying not to make it to a final four or national championship. We want to hang another banner. And that's the goal in mind when we're recruiting. That's the goal in mind every day. That's the goal in mind doing workouts. That's just what the goal is. Now, how quick can we get there? Trying to figure it out. Probably not as fast enough for IU fans, but that's okay. That's just part of being here. So it is what it is. Let me ask you about the evolution of the program in your time there and with Coach Woodson and how that reflects on the pitch. Because I think when Coach Woodson was hired, you got there, Kenya stayed. We're all like, well, he's, you know, this NBA background and IU legend and the winning history. But, you know, now you have to put that pitch into effect Yes. Lightning quick and, yeah. and make it stick. And yeah. and with the success and the development of Trace and Jalen and mm-hmm. with, hey, we got into the tournament right away. We got further into the tournament. We did better in the conference. Maybe I'm doing this for you. But but <laughs> is it easier now than it was two years ago? Um, With the portal, man, it's, it's never easy because a lot of times these guys don't care about winning. So that's where you got to go back and you got to figure out who you can get. You know, I always say this, and I said this when I first got here, Indiana not for everybody. Everybody can't play at Indiana. 
Yeah. I'm sorry. I hate to say it. You know, there's some talented guys out there. They can't handle the pressure of playing at Indiana because it's pressure to play at Indiana. It is. Yeah. It is what it is. And we explain that. You know, like there's a there's a pressure to play at Indiana just because there's five banners hanging up there. I don't care how long ago they they I mean it's been 30 years, damn near 40 years. But at the end of the day, there's still pressure because those banners are hanging up there and they want another one. Bad. <laughs> so everybody can't play under those lights. But, you know, we do got an NBA coach. We have one. Now, you know, knock on wood, hopefully we can get two guys in the first round. And then that helps in recruiting because now it's like, okay, this is what we've done. You know, um, this is what we can do. I want to go back to the whole idea of the portal and and how you're reloading and not rebuilding. Yeah, trying. trying. Right, right, of course. But the truth is, yeah, I think that, you know, it used to be in college basketball for most teams. And there's some that are just, you know, the Kentuckys and the Dukes that just can get talent, like crazy levels of talent every yeah. year. But most teams would like build a nucleus that is your core mm-hmm. for three to four years. And you, you get as far as you can with them. And then you do have to take a step back mm-hmm. to then rebuild a new core. Yeah. And with the portal, it has kind of changed that calculus a yeah. little bit. A little bit. I would imagine that even in the time that you've been coaching at Indiana, just from three years ago or two years ago till now, the focus has shifted from, you know, 80% on high school, 20% on portal to now it seems like portal has almost overtaken high school. Where's your head at with where you think Indiana should be on that? Um, I think you still got to recruit both because, uh, it's something to be said about those guys that stayed here this year. Um, I, it's funny. I talked about it today. I mean, we recruited those guys to be players at Indiana. So at the end of the day, by them sticking here and understanding our system, we hope next year they will be able to be contributors, you know, because you still got to, you can't go on the portal unless, you know, obviously there are some schools that do that. Like Arkansas, they, they do it. They, they can go get 10 or 11 to 12 guys. I don't think you want to get 10 or 11, 10 to 12 guys out of the portal every year. And the one thing that I've noticed by being here for two years, even though we're losing Jalen in one year, fans in Indiana, obviously they appreciate good players, but they also appreciate players they get to know. So we want to have a couple players that they actually get to know. That way we can help some of these young men that if they don't go to the NBA or they are not successful going overseas, they build these relationships with our enormous alumni base that, that is great everywhere, all over the damn place, that we can help them, you know, again, be functioning members of societies and find a job or, you know, things of that nature. So you still want to have some high school guys, you know, that that want to be at Indiana. And you fill in through the portal. I think that's how we're trying to look at it. I mean, but you never know. It could be a point where we may have to get eight guys in the portal. You never know. But I don't think we're trying to do that every year, year in and year out. I mean, we want to still look at some high school guys because there are some high school guys that can help you. Now, do you want a, a full team of all high school guys? No, because it's hard to win. Can it be done? Yeah, but you got to be uber talented. You know what I mean? You got to get the top of the top high school guys. Yeah, which- but the truth is, I, I don't know if you can win. I, I don't know. I mean, like, what team is doing that yet anymore? Oh, uh, like, well, Kentucky when- and Duke tried. Well, when I say win, you saying win a national championship. I mean, well, no, Duke I mean, had, you're saying like Final Fours now. Like, yeah. I mean, Kentucky and Duke struggled in the one and done I mean, era. They did. 
They did. They did. But, You're right. But, but, UConn, but UConn got help from freshmen this year. No, they no, I, I agree. Help from freshmen, for sure, a balance. But if the focus is freshmen and sophomores, I think those days may be behind us for a while. I mean, you just look be. at UConn depending didn't have talent, a team. Depending on the talent of, of it and, and what you do in development. I mean, it's our job to damn coach and develop, too. I mean, you got freshmen on your campus. You need to help them become better sophomores. I mean, that's just well, it is what it is. I want to well, hit on that real quick on something. Yeah, if I could, just to follow up real quick, Ward, on something that, that I hope I'm not uh, revealing something here that we talked about off podcast. But I thought it was um, really human of you, and I, I wanted to talk about it. The, the the flip side to getting transfers, and we're all excited as hell about what has transpired in the last 24 hours, 48 hours. But the flip side is you lose people. And you lose yeah. some people that we did get to know. You know, yeah. we lost Jordan Geronimo, who's been here three years. Yeah. We lost Tamar Bates, who's been here two years and is a big personality. Yeah. And, you know, we lost Logan Duncombe, who we didn't get to know that much because he had a bunch of injuries and health issues. Yeah. But losing Tamar and Jordan is hard. I mean, yeah. and, and as a coach, you build relationships with those kids. And you did say something to me about Tamar specifically. Um, and, you know, we love both those kids and love their families. So yeah. I just wondered if you could talk a little bit about the hard part in losing those kids. Well, it, it, the hardest part is because you put work into them. You try to, you know, you try to get to know them. You try to find out about them and you want them to be successful. You know, you never want a kid to come in here and not be successful. But, you know, you want them to be successful in some way. So you just hope that he learned something here that he can take on to his new school. And sometimes people need to change the environment, but uh, it's not easy. It's not easy when you're sitting in that room and a kid tells you, you know, well, I'm going to go into the portal. It's just not easy because you always want in the back of your mind. I know I do as a coach. What could I have done better? What could I have done better to help him feel more comfortable here, to help him play better? You know what I mean? Things of that nature. You know, I always feel like it's something that I could have done better. Even in, this day, even in this day and age with the portal. Because some kids are just leaving just to leave. And it, look, it's pretty well known that you work primarily with the guards on the yeah. team. You know, um, X, our, our last podcast with X, he just gave you so much credit uh, no, for his guy. progression. But, but Tamar's a guard. And Tamar yeah. came in with a lot of hype and a lot of talent, and it just didn't work out. Do you take that on personally? Yes, I really do. Because I, I feel like, Maybe it was something I could have done. Maybe I could have spent more time in the gym with him. Um, you know, and sometimes it's just maybe going to hang out with him more. You know, just you get so caught up sometimes in winning games, which just, I mean, that's how you feed your family. You, you, you got to win. You better win or they'll get rid of you. But there's also another side of it to where we're dealing with young men who are trying to find themselves in life. So what could I have done better? And it may be, and I, maybe I couldn't have done anything better, but I always try to think, Think of, you know, what could I have done better to make his experience here better where he could, you know, where he could stay. But you're not going – everybody's not going to like you. Everybody's not going to like right. him. It's not going to work out. Uh, I wish – I hope those guys – I wish those guys success, you know. I think they deserve success. You know, I think they worked hard for us here. I mean, they both were on back-to-back teams that went to the tournament. Um, tomorrow played 20 minutes a game on a tournament team that advanced. You know, we did win a game in the tournament. Geronimo had some, I think when race was hurt, he had some of his best games. So yeah. those guys are good players, man. And I wish them well. I, I, you know, they, they were a part of our success. 
it does seem inevitable that in this day and age, if you're not in the main rotation or if you don't see in next season's forecast, you will be a part of that. Yeah. People are like, if you're beyond seven or eight on the depth chart, you're, you're going to be looking around. Yeah. So I think, and that obviously goes both ways. And when you're still a relatively new program, as far as this coach, these coaches, and, and now really just starting to have a roster made mm -hmm almost exclusively by folks you brought in. Now, look, I think the Anthony Leals of the world are already so rare, and yeah. it's only going to be rarer, you know, to have a guy like that who's all about IU and winning yeah. and just being a part of the program and the family. True Hoosier. True Hoosier. Um, and what I and think there for all of your real estate needs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to do just fine. Yeah. yeah, he'll be fine. Um, so from the flip side, when you said, Hey, maybe this is happening too fast. Hey, we want to reload, not rebuild, but there there's got to be an, an excitement and advantage about like, well, this is the style of play we're moving towards and we can actually get there faster now. Yeah. And to kind of look towards that, you you inherit Trace Jackson Davis. Now you guys had to convince him to stay a couple of times, and that is an amazing recruitment right there. Yeah. But now, as you could say, Woody can create this team in his own image or the image yeah. you guys all kind of evolve into together. Yeah. Do you have those conversations about, well, look, if we find a couple guys like this and a couple guys like this, this is where we can go with it. What's that yeah. look like? I mean, obviously, we want to play an NBA style. Woody's always want to play an NBA style. But, you know, I mean, we we hear the people talk about style play and all those things. But scoot over six inches like I did this year, you're going to throw the ball to Trace. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're going to throw the ball to Trace. That's what you're going to do. And you're going to put guys around him and hope that they make shots. So, but if you look at coach's track record, he's always, you know, been a guy that spaced the floor, try to space the floor out, try to have shooters, create shots for shooters and things of that nature. Um, but we had Trace, 20 and 10. And every time he got the ball, he either scored or he got double teamed. And when he got double teamed, it created an overshot for someone else. To me, that is being smart, you know. Yeah, we could have shot a bunch of threes, but that wasn't going to be what, you know, we weren't going to be successful at that. You know, I think, think we shot threes better last year. I think we'll shoot threes this year. We'll probably shoot more threes this year because we don't have a dominant guy that we have to give the ball to, you know what I mean, to create so much offense for us. So I think Woody will probably be more comfortable. Um, I won't say he's more comfortable not having Trace because that's crazy. I right. mean, <laughs> anytime you can go over to the scorebook and you can – basically put 20 and 10 and any coach in America would love that. But I think you will see more of his um, offensive repertoire this year. You know, things that he's, he's done in the past, things that he's been able to do when he was in the NBA, creating shots for shooters, creating other things for other guys. You know, I think our guys will be more involved in offense than they were last year just because of the style of play and just because of Trace being gone, even though I would love for him to come back. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry for the people that, that want us to just run up and down and shoot threes. I would love to have Trace back. 
Of course. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, one of the greats, one of the greats yeah. of all time. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk for a second about Gabe and Jakai, if we mm -hmm. could, because, yeah. you know, we talk so much about the portal and the people that yeah. we're recruiting and the people. We can actually talk about those guys. Mm -hmm. We can, right. <laughs> um, and we've talked to you, I think, about them after they, they signed, too. But I do want to talk to them about them in the context of they're coming into a team likely to have a lot of upperclassmen and a lot of guys who are pretty much not guaranteed their spots. I get Woody doesn't yeah. guarantee everything, but when you're transferring at a high level, you know, you're going to play a lot. And yeah. Gabe and Jakai are coming into a world where like, who knows what their role will be. Yeah. Do you approach now going back to Ward's point of, if you're not in that top seven, top eight, are you already looking to transfer? How do you approach those guys and bring them along so that they don't get frustrated if their number is not called? Well, you got two guys right there that's going to compete. So at the end of the day, either they're going to make our team better or they're going to move somebody ass out of the way. That's that's the type of players that they are. So they're not, they're not running from any competition, neither one of those guys. So they're going to make our team better because you you're not going to – you're going to be worried about one of those two guys getting some of your minutes because they're coming here to take minutes. They don't care who it is. That's, those are the type of competitors they are. Now, if they come here and they have freshman walls and things of that nature, you just stick with them and you always spend time with them to get them to understand. You know, the part of it is you got to get guys to understand. You may not be that good right now and you got to keep working. You know, I think that's why some of our freshmen stayed this year. You know what I mean? Because they looked at it like, you know what? We see it. You know, we need to get better in these areas. And you continue to try to help them get better in those areas. And you're in constant communication with them and the people that are surrounding them to get them to understand what the truth is. Like, there's no coach in America that's not trying to play somebody that's going to help them win. Right. right. <laughs> just, it is what it is. So if a guy's not playing, it's not because the coach don't like him or, or something like that. It's because he don't feel like the guy can help him win at that moment, you know? So that's, you know, just trying to explain that to parents and the people surrounding these kids is, you know, it's hard, but sometimes you got to, you got to just tell them the truth and then the chips fall where they may. Let's, let's talk about the freshmen. Uh, obviously Jalen hood Shafino, I think inarguably the best freshman point guard Indiana university has had since Isaiah Thomas. He's going to go off and make us all very proud in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, like go through it. And Yogi was great as a freshman. He had a lot of guys around him. He didn't have to do nearly as much. He didn't put up 35. I mean, at it is a great thing to say. Yeah. But the bar's pretty low. Hey, I mean, hey, just, hey, hey, don't, don't no, go there. We're no, keeping Steve, freshman. Steve, Alfred, Steve, Steve Alfred was a point guard. Not really. Not really. Not no. really. No, he's more, more of a, a pure shooting guard. Yeah. Yeah. Small, but he's not. But the truth is. <laughs> look, was, look, that was like two years after Isaiah. So I know. Was, <laughs> but, but the truth is, but the truth is in Bobby Knight's systems, because of how he ran it outside of Isaiah, there, right, there weren't pure point guards. Like yeah. that's not what he, he didn't yeah. need that, you know? Yeah. Wait, but wait, we digress. Cause yeah. I would like to get your thoughts on the development and the progress of Malik and then you know even with CJ and Caleb they they got out there they got some run and they as far as we all know they will be in Indiana uniforms next year and I think yeah. that's really saying something that you have two guys in particular who didn't see a lot of minutes didn't put up a lot of stats 
Um, mm-hmm. So what w- what makes you excited about seeing those guys come back? Um, I just think their athleticism and the fact that they know the system. There's something to be said to know the system. Um, and the fact that they came back. So they let you know they really want to be here. You know, and they really believe in what we're trying to, you know, I mean, what we're trying to teach and what we're trying to sell. Um, and I don't really want to say sell because we ain't no used car salesman, but what we're trying to do here in Indiana, they believe in. And I think you're going to see tremendous progress in both of those guys. Um, obviously, they played behind uh, upperclassmen last year. Um, there are some times in practice where they kick the upperclassmen's butt, you know what I mean? But I think sometimes just getting that game time and gaining that trust as a freshman is hard. It's not easy to gain trust, and you're going to roll <laughs> with the guys that, you know, I know there was there was always moans and groans sometimes about Miller. But at the end of the day, we knew Miller was going to be in the right spot defensively. And there was – if there was an opportunity to try to make a shot, he wasn't going to be scared to take the shot. He wouldn't be scared to take a charge. You know, he was a better defender than most people probably would give him credit for. And he knew our system, you know, like the back of his hand. So, you know, I think those guys, seeing those guys – Miller was a big help to our young people, our young freshmen, because he was always trying to teach, especially Caleb. He was trying mm-hmm. to teach Caleb every single day. I, like I literally made Caleb follow him around during practice because his preparation for practice, um, just his his preparation for life in itself. You know, I just wanted some of that to rub off on Caleb because he's 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 a big time guy. He was he was a big time leader for us this year. He really was. And uh, on Malik a little bit, how, how do you see his game expanding beyond just being a back to the basket around the rim guy? Yes, we actually been working on it in the spring. Uh, he's been working really hard. Um, I don't think people realize Malik lost a lot of weight last year. I mean, he looked. I mean, Malik took his shirt off. He, you know, he's kind of chiseled up. Um, I think he wants to make the transition to play more out on the floor. Obviously, we're not going to take away his back to the basket game, but we're going to put him out on the floor. I think there were some opportunities that he had last year that he's shown that he can play out there defensively, which is big. You know, because he, you know, he switched on some smaller guys. He, he guarded some fours that were, I would say, so-called, quote-unquote, hybrid fours. Um, so I think he's going to make a tremendous jump this year. And, yes, he's going to have to, you know, make some strides and playing on the perimeter also. Can, can I read a quote real quick? For me? I'm just going to read a quote and I would like you to respond to it. Okay. Um, this was taken after – a game that Indiana won, a tight game that Indiana beat uh, Minnesota. The <laughs> quote is, if you can find 25 to 30 people better than him in this NBA draft, hey, I'll kiss your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Why I don't see- you walk us through that moment when you <laughs> said that? And then how quickly did you realize that that was going to become something much different than you thought it was going to be? You know what? I was so excited that we <laughs> first. I did not want to, you know, have to cut my Twitter comments off if we lost. <laughs> um, Trace made a hell of a play at the free throw line to get a putback rebound. Yes. Um, but it's crazy, man, just because I pull for Trace. Because I think Trace, at the end of the day, I think he gets a raw deal because everybody always trying to talk about how he's, you know, he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that, he doesn't do this, but he's productive. And – I hear it, and I had, you know, NBA scouts asking me about it all the time, and 
You know, I just was like, come on, man. What else does the guy have to do? I mean, everybody wants him to shoot a jump shot, but why? They didn't tell Shaq to shoot a jump shot. You know why? Because they couldn't stop him. You know, so I think it it a look, I think that was a lot of it. You know what I mean? Just pulling for him and what he was doing at that time, how he was playing, how great he was playing. And it was like, come on, man, you can't tell me. And you know, I look at the draft board stuff because I'm pulling for our guys to get drafted. I'm even pulling for other guys in the Big Ten to get drafted. That way we can up the recruiting in the Big Ten. So but is it fair to say that you got halfway through that quote and you didn't really know where you were going to end it and then you just spewed out I'll kiss your ass? Yes. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and 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 you know and both of you guys know that cuz you've been on TV so you get it. We right? know it well. We do it every yeah. day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I I didn't I wanted to say something else. Right. But that's what came out. We we call it yeah, it happened on the intro here. We call it when we are unable to land the plane, yes. we take off great, right? <laughs> yes. You're you're flying, you're cruising at 40,000 yes. feet, yes. and then oh. you got to land the damn thing. Yes, and then it's it like, just, oh, wow. Oh, it wow. goes down a lot faster than it goes up. Oh, my mother called, everybody called, like, yeah, what are you doing? You so the first thing when I talked to Woody on the phone, he said, yeah, you can't curse on TV. <laughs> Well, he curses all the time. That's hypocrisy. I said, yeah, I was like, you know, I got it from you, and he started laughing. <laughs> so, look, I'm I'm glad you brought it back to Trey's because look, even with us and and the show and the season ends and people are disappointed and then oh boy, we got to talk about the transfer portal. I just feel like we should bask in the greatness of Trace a little bit more. And, and let's say, for example. You know, you got to replace Trace. Maybe somebody out there who's super tall and awesome and athletic and oozes with potential. You got to you got to pitch him on how Trace turned from one of the best players in the conference to arguably the best player in the country by the time you guys got done with him. Could you talk us a little bit through the couple year evolution of Trace and please don't leave out the passing because everybody on the national scene just ignores the assists, which drives us crazy. Yeah. You know what, man? And I'm not going to lie to you. That's, that's him and Woody. Hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I've never seen a guy, they had such a good relationship, but it was times where they went at it. Like, because I mean, Woody going to coach. I mean, it is what it is. He's going to coach you. And, and, Trace accepted it. So for him to accept it and for him to work and for him to buy into what coach was saying, I think the evolution of his game just took off. I mean, coach put him in situations where he had to learn how to pass. You're going to get double team. You got to be able to make these plays. Showed him the options. Showed him the reads. And then he started making the reads. You're going to have to be able to handle the ball, Trace. You need to get the ball off the rim and be able to handle the ball. Put him in those situations. And he excelled Um, and really put leadership on his shoulders. I mean, square on his shoulders, him and race. He put it square on their shoulders because he was a captain. And I think sometimes people have to realize, I think everybody realized, I mean, he went to Indiana and he was at Indiana when Indiana was in his heyday and he was a captain. So he knew what it was like to be a captain at Indiana. That's where his brain is. 
he doesn't see the other 20-some years that, you know, that we all talk about or that we struggle. All he sees is when I was here, I think you you alluded to this before, um, E, you alluded to this where did all he saw was – my name? Did no. Forget no, my no. name. I really did. I mean, did I really you did. just? There was a big pause there. Did you just forget my name? I'm not. Oh. I'm not gonna let. I you didn't know if I wanted because. Okay, no, it's because I call you. I call you E, or I either call you Eric. So I didn't know which one I wanted to say. Don't don't right, worry about it. Just tell him you'll kiss his ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I think you've alluded to this where he was here when it was, boom, it was the hater. Yeah. He was a captain. He doesn't. No, he took a long weekend in the yeah. NBA, and then, and then he came he back on Monday. He came back. So, <laughs> yeah. he, you know, what it is to him to be a captain at Indiana, it means something. So he used to just, I mean, he used to hit him square in the eye with it. You know, you guys going to lead this team. You're the seniors. You're the captains. And you're going to have to accept this coaching, and you're going to have to get the rest of these guys ready to play because that's what captains do, and you're going to have to perform. And he just put it on him. And Trace accepted it, and he and he did it, man. He he had a great two years, but this year was he he was doing some stuff, man. I was like, wow, it was incredible watching his evolution the last two years. And look, you guys, and, and you give the credit to Woody, and and so be it. He deserves it. Woody unleashed him. That's what it seemed like. It seemed like before, and I'm not trying to denigrate Archie, but yeah. Archie played very structured, and you know, yeah. you do the, only these things, and he didn't let all of Trace come out and Woody yeah. unleashed him, especially defensively, but also as like a point center, which was really needed truthfully after Xavier went down. Yeah. And it was, it was amazing to watch that. I do want to go back to your, you know, you have a record in college basketball. In fact, in all of <laughs> basketball, you, you are tied for the greatest win percentage in the history of basketball. You're 1000%. Hey, and that mean I don't have to coach another game. <laughs> yes, but I will, I do I will ask, say this. I will say this. That's not very, that's not easy. Were you nervous? I wasn't, I wasn't, I was more nervous for our guys. And I was more nervous because they had two guys out. And I just knew that our guys would be like, oh, they got two guys out and whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was nervous for that part because what we do is what we do. You know, obviously calling plays and doing something different, but I knew in my mind they would come out in zone because why wouldn't they? And they played zone the whole game. So from that standpoint, yes, um, I just didn't want to lose. Yeah, you know? that would have sucked. You know, I think probably the first two minutes I was like, I was fine. I was pretty calm. because yeah, You had were sitting play. down for a while. Yeah, well, because I had Trace. Right. But then when it got tight, I got scared. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I had to apologize to CJ after the game, and he'll laugh at this. Like, I put him in for like twenty five seconds. Hey, <laughs> one mistake. I would never want to be that coach, but I was so nervous in that moment. I was like, "No, I got to get him out." Because I, but, you know, yeah. Did that forty minutes? Did that taste make you go? This is what I need to be doing. Like, yes, I want to get I mean, back to this seat. Yes, I want to get back to that seat. I do yeah. want to get back to see, but I do understand now when coaches talk about all the things that you have to think about. Because obviously you care about all the kids. You want to give them all the opportunity. You want to give them all the opportunity, but you can't give them all the opportunity. And to top it all off, it was my kid's birthday. 
So oh, I wouldn't yeah. try and lose on their damn birthday. <laughs> no, boy. You had everything work. Well, listen, Ward, do you have one more and then we'll wrap it up? Yeah, I just want to say, look, Coach, we know there were already whispers out there uh, about potential suitors for you and that whenever that day comes, as long as it's seven, eight, nine, ten years from now and you've hung a few more banners in Assembly Hall, we'll all be rooting so hard for you. But we're just going to enjoy this next decade together with you doing all your great work. Maybe everybody can cheer for me like we were cheering for Dusty. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, nah, that. really? No, no, no. Well, because Dusty's a good friend of mine. I like Dusty. Oh, cool. He did. He he did a hell of a job. I mean, it's funny. We were all sitting there, and and Coach was like cheering, like, "Man, I hope he wins. Yeah, I hope he wins." You know what I mean? Just of course, it would have been great for basketball. You know what I mean? Uh, I want to leave you with one thing. Consider it a tip, maybe a piece of advice. If you guys um want to keep like recruiting stuff secret maybe don't do dinners and breakfasts in the middle of Bloomington on busy days and nights. I didn't, I wasn't trying to keep it secret. I, think I mean, maybe why are you trying well, to take all the fun away? <laughs> well, I. Th- you want me to be honest? I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I think sometimes what happened in recruiting because we are Indiana, people are always trying to shoot arrows at us. So sometimes I'm trying to keep it as quiet as possible to keep from so many arrows coming at us, being in the big team. We haven't won in forever. All those things and all those naysayers. And then you have sometimes when when um, players are here, and, and I don't think these people are true Indiana fans. They, you know, they get in the comments of these kids, oh, he sucks, you shouldn't come to Indiana, which happens at every school. So it's not just Indiana. But it does but, impact things. It yeah. can impact things. So sometimes that's, that impact. So sometimes when you try to keep it as quiet as possible, I knew it wasn't going to stay quiet long. And he wanted to keep it quiet because he's he's on a mission. One of those guys that I'm talking about, these, this certain guy, he might be on a mission. So that's what it was. I yeah. can't. Fair <laughs> enough. No, you caught yourself there. Yeah. yeah. We we'll go back and look at that and re-edit it if we need to to protect yeah. you even more. Yeah, we love you. We love the success that you're having in this transfer portal. We want nothing but success for you, just like you want for the players. And uh excited to see this team reload. Reload. That was a guest. That was a guest. I got to tell you, Ward, I love every single time we've ever been able to talk to Yah, whether it's been the several times he's been on the podcast or the times we've been lucky enough to to talk to him in person. I just find that there is a thoughtfulness to him that is refreshing. Like he takes it seriously. He takes it personally. He has fun with it, but he thinks about it. You know, he really thinks about it all. And I really, I really respect that and admire it. Yeah. And the thinking is good, right? Like somebody can think really hard and just the results are mediocre, but he's he's always coming with a point of view that's that's unique and for him to come to IU and I think this is what was always impressive about him from a jump from the jump as they say or a jump or a jump his jump was that he gets it and he gets it like in this what was initially an objective way like what he signed up for and now he's in it and of it and I he is so good at explaining what they want to do, what they're about, what they're trying to do to us. You're like, oh, well, that's what he's telling people who might want to come play basketball there. And I, th- 
I forget if it was Trevor, maybe it was one of the national guys mentioned that this staff is getting a reputation for really having a connection with the players and being personable. And, you know, and we've seen that and yeah, he's around our age. Um, but I just feel like that, that way he can, he can really connect uh, is, is something that clearly transcends being middle-aged. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. He's also just cool. I mean, he's just, he's cool. Unlike you and me, he's just <laughs> cool. He can talk to guys. He's cool. Yes, no doubt. Everybody involved, actually involved with Indiana University basketball, you know, that staff coach Woodson has put together is cooler than us. But there's that relatability of spazzing out on camera and saying something uh, you just really wish you could take back. Now, to our credit, we could edit a lot of our stuff out, but then we'd have like a four minute show. So we we also have to leave it in. Also, you're a terrible editor. I am and lazy. <laughs> I like we would edit it out, but neither one of us knows how. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, uh, I I just thought so much of it was interesting. I, I do think you and I have talked a lot about this. We've talked about it on Spaces. The biggest conversation, I think, in college basketball is transfer portal meets NIL versus high school recruiting. And that balance is out of whack right now. I mean, I think most people are like focusing more on transfer right now. Well, because it, it's transfer season, right? And I think all this is, I think every year it's gonna be like when free agency starts or when the draft's coming up, you have this flurry of focus and activity around this thing and then it will subside. And, and there are those high school recruits we've been working on for a couple of years. Yeah, but. Yes, but I don't think it's the same thing, Ward. I don't because you're right. Like, I mean, look, the transfer portal season is short and it's only, it's finite. It's not like the high school season where you just keep recruiting a freshman until he decides. This is, there's a certain number of people in the portal and they have to decide they're in the portal by, what is it, like May something, like that's the deadline. And then you have to have them enroll by June. So it's over. And then you you don't have to think about those players again or any transfers until the next season. You have to develop and and you have to do the the legwork so that you are ready for sure. But I think that over eleven hundred kids went into the transfer portal. Some big time players: Hunter Dickinson, Caleb Love, Khalil Ware. I'm sorry, Khalil. Khalil Ware. Khalil Ware. Shouldn't it be K E L E E L? If it's Khalil? No, it should be exactly like his parents wanted it to be spelled. Fair fair point. So there's giant names and, and bona fide productive Division One players and many upperclassmen, juniors and seniors. I think that there are schools. Arkansas is one that's ahead of the curve, but others are getting there. Kansas State did it. That are going to be much more reluctant about the net that they cast for high school kids. Yeah, but you said it was like out of whack. I think I think each program, each coach is going to have to determine what is in whack for them, right? And and I yes. thought Yah gave, gave us some good insight there that they don't want to completely go away from high school players. And, you know, look, Indiana doesn't have the monopoly on good high school students that it once did. Um, but at the end of the day, look, Jalen Hushafino was a freshman. 
you know, Malik was a freshman and, you know, especially somebody like Malik who could be around two, three years. Why would you, why would you ever want to completely get away from that? I, it's a longer argument. I, I, if I, if we were in debate camp, I could make the argument that as good as Jalen was for one year, you would have, you could have gotten the same production with some of the, with less of the ups and downs that Jalen had from a junior or senior and all the resources that you spent on Jalen. And I'm going to just leave that phrase there would have been better spent on somebody who in the transfer portal, you knew you were getting for two years, who was like a more seasoned junior who wasn't ready to go to the NBA, but could, could lead you for two years. I don't, I'm not saying that's the right answer Ward. I'm just saying, I think it's a big debate going on. I had a conversation with another head coach, not Michael Lewis, about this very thing. Was and it Matt said, Painter? <laughs> it was not Pork Shop. Okay. Uh, and he said two years ago, three years ago, it was like 15% portal, 85% freshman recruiting. This year, it's like gone 50-50. And he said next year, he said, I think for us, he was speaking about them. And to your point, every coach can decide how they want to go. But he's like, to win, you you cannot win with a bunch of freshmen. You can't win with the freshmen being your best players. You won't win the NCAA tournament unless you've got a really good team and you just bring in one stud that can help you. But you better be relying on the older guys. He's like, I think it's going 80-20 transfers. But look, that is not that different from what college basketball has generally been as far as upperclassmen is what get it done. Now, you might be bringing them over, but look, Dean Garrett and Keith Smart had had some mileage under their belts and they showed up in Bloomington and got us over the top. I think where those coaches will have to look at, well, look, we've got this core of guys who know the system, they know how we want to play, and now we can drop in these couple of guys and and they should be able to hit the ground running. We'll have another couple freshmen who can maybe uh, contribute right away. I, I think it really is, you know, how maybe how complex is the system you know how how long does it take for a a new player coming in whether they be older or younger to pick it up right so it will be interesting to see when does somebody like a muscleman get over the top and win the whole thing you know a lot of people pointing to kansas state this year obviously but look everybody thought oh duke kentucky they're getting all the one and dones they're getting all the talent and, and, and that is back out the window. You're not usually going to get that far in March with a bunch of youngsters, no matter how good they are. So it's like, where do you want your balance? How much do you want to be your guys that you brought up? And how many mercenaries do you want to come in to get you over the top? I do go back to that stat that we talked about a couple of weeks ago when you know there was that stat of the 40 players in the Elite Eight, 19 of them were transfers. And how many were seniors? Like 16? Yeah. And then one was a freshman. And that is, I mean, that that does make you, look, we, we talked about this on Spaces, that you, um, you couldn't be on this one. Whoever gets Tamar Bates, okay, is going to get a better Tamar Bates than we got. Yes. Like, I don't think you would doubt that. Whoever gets Jordan Geronimo is going to get a better Jordan Geronimo. Whoever gets Logan Duncombe. The resources that you put into these high school kids that aren't like bona fide 
Carmelo Anthony, you know, Jalen Hood Shafino, where you know that they're going to contribute right away. Are you better off if you're just playing the numbers game? Would you be better off just going, unless I get one of those guys getting the 70th ranked freshman who I know won't impact my team this year? And what is more likely to happen, because these are all just risk assessments, right? That's right. all it is. It's just risk. But what is more likely to happen with the guy ranked 70th, he comes in, he doesn't play, he gets frustrated, he transfers. That seems more likely now than he fights through it, and by his junior year, he's ready to play 20 minutes a game. It's just, you were talking about if you're not in the top seven or eight, Tamar Bates was number seven, number yeah. six sometimes. And it wasn't good enough. And and I'm not blaming Tamar, but I'm saying we live in a world now where three years ago, Ward, you wouldn't think of transferring. Yeah, but there was a huge drop-off between six and seven on our no, team. No, no, for sure, but he was getting minutes. It, right. You, look, he didn't make shots. Is that Indiana's yeah. fault? Like, but, but now he can be like, even if I'm not making shots, I can go transfer, and somebody's going to promise me a starting spot, likely. Mm -hmm. and, and so you just wonder... Where is it most efficient? You know, if, if you're doing like an analytical study on this, which I'm sure as the sample size get, grows and grows, we'll see these. What is, does it even make sense to recruit a freshman who you don't, you really don't think is going to impact your team right now, unless of the other side of it is an Anthony Leo. If it's a kid that you want to give the scholarship to that you never anticipate playing, but he's so, he's just, he lives and breathes your program, then that's a good kid to have in the locker room for four years. And he's number 13 on the team. So it's not going to affect you. Yeah. I guess where I'm looking at it, cause I'm looking at like, you know, Jakai, Jakai and Gabe coming in yes. and it's like, okay, um, one, not everybody can play at Indiana. Uh, I think that the staff has made it very clear to them what they're signing up for. And if that's in fact who they are and they get there and they got to spend a year, maybe two, really working themselves up to get into that position great if they're like ah eh, nope i gotta get out of here and find something else that's more my thing well i mean we're bringing in other guys anyway whether it be uh maybe a top 30 or 40 freshman that could have beaten them out for that spot or a junior or senior from another school so i i do feel like we are we are probably a year or two away from getting like numbers that really start to mean something where you have it at mass success both in conference and in tournaments and where that all shakes out but so much of it it's it will come down to individuals the coaches the players the programs of like well on paper this year we should have been really solid this was like on paper kind of the same makeup as what the team that won it all last year did and for us we barely made the tournament and lost in the first round so it'll it'll never be a formula you can take to the bank but it will be interesting to see two years from now what iu and philly posts about what the best case makeup of your roster would be yeah, and look, no formula can you take to the bank. Like even IU and Philly's top 80, you're going to screw up and get the top 80 kid that wasn't the right kid, right? Like the question is just, does the formula work much more often than it doesn't? And in the case of the top 80 kids, it of course does. And I love Gabe Cups and I love Ja'Kai. We, we, I've gotten to meet Gabe in person in addition to our several phone calls we've had with them. Oh, good for them. you. Good for you. 
<laughs> but you do, I do, I do wonder, take the names off the jerseys for a second. What is better for any high-end college program right now? A freshman coming in who likely will have no game impact that leads to wins or go out and get a transfer who you know is going to play 18 minutes a game as your backup point guard and go for him and then just let the chips fall where they may the next year when you have to replace that guy after one year. I I don't know the answer. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. Right. It doesn't feel that good. But I even think practically when you talk about somebody who's bought in, who knows what the coach wants. And again, so much about the coach. Clearly, Musselman can usually get guys to be cohesive very quickly and play the way he wants them to play at a high level. Other coaches, that might not be their jam, their gift, their talent. So they need guys who are willing to to learn with them for a year or two and then it's like yes and now here are the keys to the car son it's your turn and and maybe some programs are better served finding those players who they really believe will be there and will take over their junior and senior year yes i look i actually think a big part of why college basketball sucked this year the quality is because all the transfers mm. that you just had too many people learning new systems didn't work they for didn't illinois check. Huh? It didn't work for Illinois. No, it didn't. It didn't work for a lot of teams. But but here's the problem. What you just said, I agree with. There's 1,100 kids, though, Ward, that went into the transfer portal, many of whom are the kids you're talking about that just got frustrated by not playing enough, and they said, fuck it, I'm going to go somewhere that I know I'm going to play. Or and, and by the way, they may end up going somewhere that they would play the same amount that they would have played at the school they left, but they had two years of that school telling them, no, no, you can earn minutes, and they didn't, so they just mad, and they go somewhere else. I worry that the player you're referring to may not, in mass, exist anymore. And so if you're trying to cherry pick the ones that you think as an 18-year-old will stick around to the 21 without playing a ton, you may get burned more than you wouldn't if you just started the wheel yourself. That's what I worry about because these kids transferring, it is remarkable, Lord. I mean, it is remarkable. If I'm being honest. I'm not worried about any of it. <laughs> I am fascinated by it. I am entertained yeah, by yeah. it. I I hope that our coaching staff, and I believe they do have their idea of how this is going to work for them. And look, they're all learning on the fly. There ain't a coach on the planet that's been doing this for 10 years. Right. Um, and, there, and there can be some kind of advantage with Woody coming from the NBA and, and maybe having a few new pieces on a team every year that he needs to get right into the fold and get going. But regardless, I do think, I hope, let's say I hope and kind of believe there will always be kids who grew up rooting for a school and loving for that, that school and some of them will be good enough and patient enough to 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 be the the you know look i think trey galloway obviously he came up in a different era and he's here at this great change you know the the epoch of nil happened on his watch and look trey could go somewhere else uh play start for a lot of other division one teams now look he started all this year so really why would he do that not a great example but 
I think, uh, and, and Anthony, I think, you know, there's a guy who's just really okay not getting minutes. Yeah. And that, and, and ultimately every year you do need guys, you know, nine through 13. You need practice players. Um, and if one of those guys comes along, they're a high school kid maybe, and really starts to show improvement and you're like, hey, I'm getting you in here. Hey, you other couple guys that aren't coming along that quickly, I guess we're going to lose you. But hey, one of you worked out really good. And now he's a foundational piece as a junior and senior. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. I think some of those guys are few and far between. But I, I will say like when you say that you don't really worry about it, the only thing I worry about is what Yao was saying. And maybe it's an Indiana thing, you know, or just a me thing. But I do, the reason I love college basketball, a huge part of it is because I do feel like I get to see a kid progress for four years. And I remember what Victor Oladipo was his freshman year versus what he was as an All-American his junior year. Or yeah. I remember Yogi Ferrell as a kid who couldn't shoot his freshman year to being the best point guard in the country his senior year. I I love that. And I like when the majority of the team is that, and those days are gone. Yeah, the and majority that does make me sad. That does yeah, make me sad. Yeah, for sure. That that's sad. And and the continuity. Yeah, you lose the seniors, but you know you got three years of guys behind them. Yeah, you're you're right. already getting to know. That is sad, and it is it is worth mourning that. But how do you want to? How do you want to do that? How do you want to um, mourn that? I'm gonna try to. Let me see if I can shed a tear. No, this is no. Oh God. I thought we were going to show your acting skill. Well, do you no, think you could cry on command? I know I can't. I wonder if I could cry on command. Nope. Nope. I'm smiling. <laughs> I mean, you didn't try that hard. <laughs> I'm smiling though. It's too funny. Um, all right. Well, look, exciting times. Yeah. I did give us a little bit of a, sneak peek over like the next couple days or week that we may have more news hope people picked up on that that was interesting i did i didn't want to read too much into it but i wanted to read too much into yeah, it yeah no i'm i'm definitely reading too much into <laughs> it and i bet you the people that read pigs will read too much into it salamanders follow us on twitter at hoosier hysterics for the hysterics no e no i but the you didn't get him to say but the sometimes why ward listen man that's your job. Oh, okay. You know, I was going to delegate it to Daryl. Hey, Daryl. Yeah. Listen, buddy, we've gone over this for six months. Every guest, we need them to say, but the sometimes why. You have to remind us to get them to do that. Cool, Daryl? How about I just say it? No, no. Daryl. Okay, go ahead, Daryl. Let's do a test. Well, no, I e, no, I. What the sometimes why? This is the worst bit <laughs> ever. I mean, it, there is nothing funny about it. <laughs> the the not, only thing that is funny it. about it yeah. is how not funny it is and that we keep doing it. The, the two Sad. worst bits in the history of podcasting are the live auction that we did with Brian Evans for the NCAA <laughs> tournament, which lasted, I think, three picks. And then, and Daryl, they are the two worst bits in the history of recorded audio. But we're kind of committed to it now. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. At Hoosier Hysterics. For the hysterics, no E, no I. Daryl? But the sometimes why?
From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a screaming shout. I love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.